Happy Monday. How are we doing? We're doing very well, but I'm going to ask you the most asked question in Edmonton by fans and by media. How long can the Oilers wait to make a move in goal to get Stuart Skinner some help? Like yesterday? Um, <laughs> maybe, two, two, maybe two months ago? Uh, yeah, it's it's still not great. Um, still below 900, well below, he's 20 points below 900. Jack Campbell seems to be finding his game in the AHL, but you don't want to rush that because the, the easiest way to destroy confidence is to bring somebody up and have them to get shelled. Um, but I'm looking, like, I look, I run my model, and I, I look at the Oilers, just generally speaking, and, like, they're really good defensively in terms of pre- preventing chances. They're obviously elite offensively, and they've been unlucky. Like, their PDO is still, which is obviously the luck factor, still low. And a big reason for that is their goaltending. And a lot of the times you, you look kind of in front of them and you're like, well, what's going on in front of them? And this time you're kind of looking in front of them and you're going, in front of them's not the problem. It is the goaltending. And I think you owe it now, especially because the team looks to be playing well and kind of on the upswing. I feel like you owe them a goaltender at this point. Yeah, and it's one thing that, that I do notice about the autos and they do this is they're they're putting all their eggs in the Jack Campbell basket. Calvin Pickard's played a couple of games, and he has a 9.19 save percentage at 5-on-5, and I'm not saying he's the the answer. And Olivier Rodrigue is at 9.36 in the AHL, but he's only played four games, and I'm not saying, he, saying he's the answer. But it seems like the Oilers are maybe limiting themselves. What's your opinion on on a young goalie like Rodrigue isn't 20 or anything? He's I think he's been pro hockey for three years um, the Oilers like to overcook their prospects, but Rod Riggs been down there. He was a top 10 goalie in terms of save percentage a year ago. Is that just too much to ask of a young goaltender? Yeah, I think you're seeing that down the highway there in Calgary. They're going to try and do that with Dustin Wolf. And obviously Dustin Wolf is maybe at a bit of a higher level than Olivier Rodrigue. Like I think Olivier Rodrigue can get there and if he has another fantastic AHL season this year. But you look at it, and Calgary didn't bring up Dustin Wolf last year, and I think we all thought that that was a huge mistake. Um, but then you look at it, and it's been really helpful for his development, and, and they haven't rushed him. I think in Edmonton, we talk about upsetting a goaltender's confidence. If there is one prospect you want to overcook, it's goaltending. Like I'm not a fan of doing it for defensemen or forwards, but goaltending, like I see it in the city I live, live in. Joseph Wool was down on the AHL for years and I kind of thought okay like are they going to give this kid a chance and they didn't and they didn't and they didn't and then they finally brought him up give him spot duty and now he's kind of really taken over the reins I could see a similar situation with Olivier Rodrigue where he's down on the farm and he's dominating down on the farm and you kind of like you bring him up and you give him a little bit but with the situation the Oilers are in right now they can't afford to do that they need a goalie that's going to be able to play now and and it's completely unfair to to ask a 21-year-old, 22-year-old rookie goaltender to shoulder that load. Sports 1440, we're joined by Rachel Dory from Staff and Grab Podcast. I want to ask this question because it, it, when when the trade was made between Calgary and Vancouver for Zadarov, it was in, in instantly what I thought. I, I believe a smart team like Dallas or, or maybe Boston should jump in now and go get Hannafin. They might have to pay a little more now because it's not near the deadline when the the need would be greater. Maybe Toronto will do it. But isn't Hannafin the guy you go get from that team, and shouldn't it be now? Yes and yes. Noah Hannafin is clearly 
the guy that you're trying to acquire. I understand that Toronto has the interest in Chris Tanev, and I can absolutely see why. But if we're talking about all-around defensemen here, whether it's Boston, Dallas, Toronto, who very obviously have interest, um, that is the best all-around defenseman there, right? He can play five-on-five matchup minutes. He can play on the penalty kill. If you need him to play on the power play in a pinch, he can absolutely do that too. Chris Tanev is a much better penalty killer and defensive defenseman. So if you're, I mean, if you're Toronto, you have offense. You don't need any more of that. Um, I think Chris Tanev is a good fit there, but if I'm a team like the Bruins, if I can have a pair that's anchored by Charlie McAvoy and then a pair that's anchored by Noah Hannafin, I'm going to be pretty happy about that. So I think right now you're looking at it. I think the price might be palatable right now because once you get to the deadline, then you've got teams that are kind of in a bidding war, whereas right now it's sort of just preliminary talk. So if I'm a contender, I mean, I like the Brian Burke sort of way of going about things, which I want to get the business done early. I don't want to be waiting till the deadline where the the prices are really high and you're potentially in a bidding war leading up to the last day. And um, Hannafin, I feel like if Calgary continues to kind of go along at the pace that they're going on, I feel like he's the best guy that's going to be available. Rachel, how lucky are the Oilers at the Western Conference is as soft as butter? And they like they've got a gap here, and they've got some teams to jump over. But th- there are not eight teams running away, and that's how lucky are they to be in this spot? Extraordinarily lucky. I, I look at. I mean, I've got my model up in front of me now. They're performing well offensively. They're performing well defensively. They're performing well on the penalty kill and well on the power play in terms of the chances creation or the chance prevention there is not an area of their game where i would classify them as weak which i mean usually when we're talking about the oilers here they haven't been the best defensive team for the last decade or more and so i feel like they've taken a real positive step in that and if they can get their shooting percentage elevated so they can start to get some pucks to go in and maybe get some saves every once in a while talking about a team that could really go on a run here. Like if, if you put a gun to my head and said, you have to pick a team that's currently out of the playoffs, that's going to win 10 straight at some point this season, I would pick the Oilers because I, I think them and Pittsburgh are for different reasons, grossly underperforming to what they should be. Pittsburgh, the issue is the power play. It is horrendous to watch and it's got horrendous numbers. Edmonton, it's the goaltending. And I think with the butter soft, situation in the in the division and the conference Edmonton's got a there's a scenario where they finish third and I can't see LA or Vegas falling off so I don't think second or first is really on the table anymore but there is a significant scenario where they finish third in their division and just so we're clear when we're talking about like you talked to us last week about like getting a goalie you you're as I recall your suggestion was was Linus Allmark, good, like high, high end. And I'm not saying he's available, but get the guy. Yeah, that's correct. I think, honestly, if they get the guy, we're talking about a team that can go on a run here because their underlying metrics are fantastic. They've got the big boys clicking again. Their penalty kill looks really good. They're moving the puck well. Their power play is creating. They're, they are the antithesis of the Canucks. Like, that's effectively the comparison there is that Vancouver's getting all the goaltending imaginable and all of the luck and the Oilers are getting none of the luck and none of the goaltending. And that's exactly why we are where we are. And so I think if you've got an Olmark or a Soros, not that I think Boston's going to trade Olmark, but 
I think you're in a scenario there where now you're looking at a team that doesn't really have an identified weakness, and that's a big problem for other teams. And that's because of where the Canucks are in the standings, it tells you that, like, if you're if you're Ken Holland in the management group, the Canucks are fairly high up, but they are going to regress, and not in the good way. And the Oilers, if they get a goalie, like if they get a real goalie, they could be they could climb the charts like you know with a bullet. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's the exact analysis I would go with is you get a, a goaltender that even provides you even Tristan Jari is a great example. He's nine fifteen. That's not like Vesna worthy winning goaltending here, but it is, it's average. It's manageable. If they got nine fifteen goaltending, my model, like I have the ability to kind of like remove uh, a player and put in kind of like the stats for player X, sort of like a ghost player. I put in a nine ten goaltender just to be, you know, cautious. The Oilers would have six more points already this season if they had a goaltender that just gave them nine ten. Wow. They'd be in the playoffs, you, basically. Yeah. yeah. So then you think about potentially adding a goaltender that gives you nine thirty? We're talking about a team that could really go on a run here and become a massive issue. Now I'm I don't know if they're gonna continue to play this well systematically, but through 20 odd games they have and the numbers are standing up and so this is a scenario where I look at this if I'm Jeff Jackson and Ken Holland and I go this is a no-brainer the only glaring weakness on our team is a goaltender we expend the assets whether it's our first Xavier Borgo Philip Broberg whatever assets you need to get the goalie you owe it to this team because now they're actually performing well. Rachel Dory, our guest, Staff and Graf podcast. Uh, final question, and I ask this because every year I wait because the, the the smart math folks tell me you have to wait till everybody plays 20 games. I think Ottawa is shy, but everybody else has 20 games. And I look at this with the Rangers, Boston, Leafs, Detroit uh, at the top, Carolina at the top of the Western Conference, and then in the East, I'm sorry, the Eastern Conference in the West, it's L.A., Vegas, Dallas, Colorado, and Van. Um, so give me your – because – Right now, I still think there's a lot of of noise, but maybe I'm wrong. You know more than I do about this stuff. If you had to pick a Stanley Cup finalist from each conference, who would it be? Oh, who would it be? You know what? That's that's a really great question. I think, um, I don't know if it's a cop-out per se, but I, I think I'd honestly, I'd have to go Vegas, Boston. Boston is, if they stay healthy, they're a problem. Like they're a big, big problem. One of the, but the dark horse in the West, I will say, is the Kings. Yeah. Like the Kings are going to be an issue, and they're not going to be an issue because, like, oh yeah, they've got young players and they've got old players. You put Philip Deneau, Ante Kopitar, and Pierre Luc Dubois in a seven-game series, one, two, three, as your centers matched up against any team in the league, and they win because they are. That's top-end two-way play from two of those players. And you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's capable of scoring. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about his defense. But when you have Ante Kopitar and Philip Deneau, who are both stealthy, capable sort of players, that's not enjoyable to play against. Like, they've, they can shut guys down. They can also score. And so you look at it, the Kings depth up front is a massive, massive leg up for them. And so I think there's a, a dark horse there. I, I would love a sort of, I don't know if 
the scenarios could play out, right? But I, I would love a um, Kings Golden Knights playoff series. I it would be great. Um, did you? Did, what did you take away? Because I know Colorado didn't have everybody, but I, like I looked at the LA, the the high dangers were like fifteen to six. The 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 Corsi was sixty four percent to L for LA. They won four one. Like they they looked like I remember when I saw the Kings once against Vancouver uh, late in the season where they won their first Stanley, and I, I didn't recognize them because they were so good and they were so tight. And LA just kind of has that feeling right now, or at least they have recently when I've seen them. Yeah, you're right. I, you look at this, and that was I like to call those games we got lessened. And Colorado, like, you you look at it, and they have – the one leg up that they have on the Kings is the star power, right? Kel McCarr on the back end is, by my model, projected for 122 points. Like, that's that's a problem. Um, and you got Nathan McKinnon, you got Miko Rantanen, you got Devin Tays, like, Bowen Byram's really coming along. And I think in this situation, right – you look at it and Colorado just really didn't show up to play. They were, they got high danger chance. They got general scoring chances. The expected goals were lopsided. Like Colorado just flat out was not ready to play. And that was a lesson game. They learned their lesson with LA that LA is good enough now where you cannot do that. It's not the San Jose's of the world or even Ottawa right now. Like that, it's just not going to cut it. And so I think this is that's going to be a good experience for, for Colorado. It could be one of those situations where it really galvanizes them. Because uh, I think, generally speaking, Colorado is the better team there. Um, but you watch that game and, and you go, Colorado just wasn't ready to play tonight. Yeah, Rachel Dory, thank you. Thank you.